Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, everyone, from Saudi Arabia, where we've just witnessed another awesome performance by Red Bull Racing. For the fifth time in Formula One, Sergio Perez wins. Wicked. <laughs> Fantastic, Jacob. Sergio Perez dominated the race, and with Max Verstappen coming home second, having started 15th on the grid, the team got its second consecutive 1-2 finish of the 2023 season. Fernando Alonso came home third on track. He was then demoted to fourth after a pit stop penalty infringement before being reinstated into third after the penalty was reversed by the FIA stewards, unfortunately, many hours after we'd recorded the show in the Jeddah paddock. It's a busy one for you. Lee McKenzie, Damon Hill and Pedro De La Rosa join me, Tom Clarkson, as we discuss the main talking points from the weekend. And we're joined by Christian Horner, Pierre Gasly, Kevin Magnussen and Yuki Tsunoda and his trainer, Michael Italiano. We hope you enjoy the show. Red Bull crushed it. Yeah. Well, we sort of expected that, but what we didn't expect was the way that Sergio Perez put the hammer down when he had Max Verstappen breathing down his neck, getting as close as, what was it, four and a half seconds? And he dealt with that pressure just brilliantly. It looks easy when you look at their competitive advantage from everyone else, but he knows what Max is made of. He knows how much he's going to push. And Max had got into that position. The safety car helped him a little bit. And it was easy to read that race as, especially after the qualifying advantage that Max had over, over Checo, but it's easy to read that race as, oh, he'll just eat him up and disappear and we'll see him 20 seconds down the road from Checo at the end. No, that's not what happened. There was a really interesting bit of psychology going on in the press conference after the race, because remember, Max and Checo are sat next to each other and Max goes... I'm not here to finish second. Because I said to him, you know, are you, are you pleased with how it panned out, given where you started? And he said, I'm not here to finish second. No, doesn't like it. Uh, you have to say, these are people who um, are here to win and not come second. It's, it's the only thing that matters to them. Is and, and, and he really has got pace this year, Checo, in this car. He said it's the one of the three Red Bulls he's driven. This is the one he feels most confident in. And he was, a, what was it, one-tenth of a second off Max in Bahrain last time out. He takes pole position here on his first lap in Q3, and I'm sure there was more in it had he not locked up on his second lap in Q3. Uh, and of course, Max had his problem. But yeah, I think Chaco, yeah. he's, got, he's but, got something about him this yeah, year. Yeah, and what happened last year, you remember, cast your mind back, actually, Chaco was competitive at the beginning of last year. And as the season progressed, Chaco had more trouble keeping up with him. But um, so time will tell. We'll see how it pans out. Why do you think Checo is so good on street tracks? He's won here. Last victory was in Singapore. Then he won Monaco, of course, last year as well. Is it all about margins? I don't know. Is he, is he prepared to run it closer to the wall? Is he, I don't know. Is he finding a limit that he feels happier on here than a conventional racetrack? I think he likes, 
he likes speed. He likes slippery tracks. I think he's good with, they call him a bit of a tire whisperer. He's able to read. He was always very good when he was at Racing Point and uh, teams before with judging how much he could get out of the tires. Perhaps that's something to do with the nature of these tracks, but um, uh, he's a good driver. I mean, I'm, the thing is, I've always been impressed with, with Checo from when he was le he was leading that race, wasn't he in in Malaysia in the wet uh, yeah. in the Salva? Yeah, that was his um, first podium. He, yeah, it's first podium, and he and you know I remember thinking this guy's this guy's good, and I've watched him throughout his career. And I kept, I kept on saying, why does nobody give this guy a break? You know, I well, would hang on, hang on. To I be fair to McLaren, him McLaren, a, McLaren yeah. gave him a break and he wasn't ready for that no, big and that's, opportunity. No, and that's, that's a very sad fact. Is, is that I, think they, I think he was wrongly interpreted. I think his laid back, relaxed style was interpreted by that team as diffident and not trying hard. But I just think that's a mistake. I just think they, they decided he wasn't a good fit for their mindset, for their what they wanted. And I think it went wrong from there. And, he, and he's clawed his way back and he's got himself into, into place here now where he's in a team like Red Bull and he's tough enough to cope with the pressure that you get in a team like Red Bull. It's, it's, I won't say it's water for ducks back, but if he was a younger driver, as we've seen in Red Bull, younger drivers get crushed by that environment and he's not going to get crushed. And do you think Christian Horner and Helmut Marko will let him have a proper crack at this championship? I, I, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they will, but they will, I think they would prefer Max to win. And I think Max will, will ultimately prevail. I, I just don't think that Checo has the ultimate speed and ruthlessness that, that Max does and the, the commitment but to what, being quick. Damon, what does ruthlessness do for a racing driver? He wants to win. He's bloody quick. Yeah. What does ruthlessness do for them okay. other than maybe... No, okay, I mean, you know, maybe he does. Maybe he's stepped up a, a notch. Did and maybe you that, have you know, ruthlessness when you were a I needed When I needed it, yes, absolutely, completely. And, and I, I would and say... And how did but, that but manifest I, itself? I think, you, I think it's ruthlessness with yourself. Oh, okay, you know, not with other as, drivers. Yes, Sorry, I, I misinterpreted I, I, that. I think, no, I think I haven't made myself clear. It's that commitment to yourself. It's that talking to yourself and, and also not taking things lying down when things happen in the team, standing up for yourself and saying, no, I'm not going to get pushed around. I'm not going to let you do that to me. Working within a team. I mean, we just come from viewing this Peroni Villeneuve story, which has come out on documentary. And um, you know, what is interesting is how Didier Peroni went into the team and got the team on board with him. And you know, there is an element of that that you need to do. You need to be able to have someone in your in the team watching your back. You know, I can remember when I was thinking of the people in Red Bull as Adrian Newey. When I was with Williams, I had Adrian on my back. You know, it was uh, not on my back. I mean, he had my back. He was he was making sure that I was properly looked after and got the the correct gear I needed. And uh, and you know, I have him to thank for becoming world well, champion. <laughs> How do you get him? How do you get him on side? Is it, you know, uh, a constant supply of Chateau Lafitte to his house? Or no, 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 not bribery. No, <laughs> it's simply, it's simply. There's key people in the team, and, and sometimes the attention is not equally distributed from one side of the garage to the other. Um, and I think the, the investment. There's so much investment in Max as an individual who is going to be 
the way that this team can fight for championships for a very for very many years um, that naturally you'd think the investment is going to go uh, the attention is going to go to max less so with 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 Checo, but Checo has stepped up to the plate and he has shown he's not he's not going to be pushed around and he's not also not going to be pointed out as the weakest link how alarming then is red bull's race pace in particular i mean there were moments in that grand prix in fact most of that 50 lap grand prix where they were more than a second a lap faster yeah. than anybody else yeah but and the good the good thing is tom is that we believe that what we saw of the pace of them at the end of the race was their pace because they were racing because Checo was going he didn't want to be caught up by max and max definitely wanted to catch him up so we know that that was their pace it wasn't well, like they could have gone you know two seconds a lap faster do we think they'd had the power unit turned down do well, we maybe given the reliability concerns well, i'm sure they would have gone into qualifying and gone okay we we think we can still put it on pole by a good margin without putting giving it the full 100 percent on the power unit and it's a long season you need reliability don't forget they have a penalty they have a wind tunnel penalty a so you think cap penalty so yeah we think that the field will catch up well this is it's just a question of when well it's a very interesting season it's going to be very interesting when it does start to kick in when you see Aston Martin, who are already competitive, have got how much more percentage? Is more? it fifty percent more? Yeah, time. Yeah, fifty percent yeah. more time. You don't give that sort of advantage to to your competitors, not when they're yeah. that close. Hang on, Damon. Co-star alert, teammate alert. Walking down the paddock, Pedro de la Rosa, looking beautiful in British racing green. What is the mood in the camp at Aston Martin after that one? I thought Fernando Alonso deserved his 100th podium. What did the man in green think? Well, I mean, to me, he went up in the podium. Uh, we shouldn't forget that it was a fantastic race, uh, well-driven. He had a five-second penalty at the start. He pulled the gap. We were the second fastest car out there, and uh, that's how it should be, you know, or I, I, if there's a penalty after the race or not, honestly. For me, it's, it, it's not taking one single moment of excitement because it shouldn't, you know. It was a well-deserved podium. On top of that, Fernando physically went onto the podium. So I'm, I'm extremely happy about uh, the weekend as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a whole. Well, carry on. Hold that thought, Pedro, because we've got another new teammate alert. Delighted that Lee McKenzie from Channel 4 is with us. Rumour has it this is the highlight of your weekend in Saudi. Is that true? It is, and I'm pleased you've called me a teammate because David Coulthard has just told me there is no such thing as teammates. Everyone hates each other, nobody's friendly. So if I'm a teammate for this gang, I feel much more welcome already. <laughs> All right, racing drivers, well, what a, do you make of that? I is was that a teammate with David Coulthard, and I'm shocked to hear this. This is news to me. What this, a poly, what Now a, you know what he really thought of you. I know, I thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you were a teammate with Jos Verstappen. Yes, Josh the boss. Yeah, he was a very good uh, teammate, actually. We got on very well, never had any problem. He was always, uh, you know, facing the, or being very straightforward. That's what you need about it with a teammate, no? I'm not sure whether Pedro is being totally sincere here. <laughs> no, he, he, he was a good teammate, honestly. Honestly, we never had any... Because you were quicker than him. No, we, we were competitive. I mean, I, I, it's not nice to be say I'm competitive than my teammate. Gerhard Berger always said the best teammate was the one who was a second a lap slower than you. Yeah, yes. In, in, in a way, it makes you, your life easier. But it's, it's good to have a teammate that gives good information and uh, pushes you a bit. 
No, I, I, I hate to have an easy teammate. On, on Aston Martin and Fernando, I just, I just want to say, I heard his comments afterwards when they told him we interviewed him. I'm on Sky Sports F1, uh, we interviewed him. And, uh, you know, he went on the podium. The point is, he, he made a, the comment that the decision could have been given to him much sooner in the race. And then he might have been able to do something about it. I, I don't think there's a smarter guy who's ever sat in a racing car than Fernando Alonso, perhaps with the exception of Nicky Lauda. I mean, I'm I'm probably missing out. I'm doing, and doing Damon Hill and Pedro de la Rosa. And, you know, uh, Jackie Stewart and people and like Josh that. But, you know, he, he <laughs> is a thinking racing person. He's just, I was going to say machine, but he's not a machine, he's a person. And But he's just amazing. He always impresses me with everything he does. I know you interviewed him this yeah. weekend, Lee, but I, I hang off his every sentence. Yeah. Everything he says is worth listening to. Would you agree? I am constantly amazed by Fernando and I actually said to him in the interview he's been around a long time and I can say that because I've been around a long time I don't know how many sit-down interviews I've done with him he's done card tricks he's done everything he is the most competitive person but actually when you strip it down there is no one I've spoken to more who knows more about the race and he's been driving in it. He knows where everyone has finished. He knows every decision that's been taken by the FIA. He gets given a note when he comes into the interview pen, just in case there's something he's missed. He is so well briefed. He reads a race so well. He is just incredible, the amount of capacity he has for knowledge whilst he's driving. But he can't line up straight in his grid box, can he? <laughs> you're, you're right. But that is a bit harsh. No, but oh, no it's, bit... Hey, so how difficult is it? Uh, Perhaps this is a question for you, Pedro. How difficult is it in these modern cars with the halo and the high sides to actually see where you are on the grid and whether you are a little bit too far to the left in his case? Well, when, when a guy of the talent of Fernando makes a mistake like that, it's because it's not easy. I think there are some contributors to that. He's one of the guys that is sitting lowest in the car, so it's even more difficult. I think that the what you're looking most and trying is not to go any further from the yellow line and sometimes you forget positioning the car to the side properly you know on the box and i think that's what he was focusing he was focusing on the yellow line making sure he wasn't going too further away and and, and he missed the missed the side you know he missed it he was not it was not perfectly straight how difficult it is well it must be very difficult because if fernando got it wrong imagine the rest when i spoke to esteban ocon uh, he did the same in Bahrain, and if Fernando sits incredibly low, Esteban is like a, a very friendly giraffe in comparison. Um, and he said he just couldn't see, and he's been over it in his mind so many times, trying to work out what on earth went wrong. He's never, ever done it before. And I just wonder, the fact that it's happened in race one to a driver, race two to a driver, you know, hopefully we don't see any more of it because it seems so unnecessary. It was not on purpose or uh, he was not trying to place a car a few inches to the left to get better grip or it was just, there was nothing of that, you know, it was just a, a blunt positioning of the car too much to the left. Back in your day, guys, this happened quite a lot. I, I do seem to remember you guys not lining up in your pit boxes and everyone thought it was okay. As recently, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm looking at you, Damon, because I've only got three other people to look at. And, but as recently as 2015, actually, I was looking at a photograph of Seb Vettel in Malaysia, his first win for Ferrari. He was to his left as well, funnily enough, pointing more in the center of the grid. 
and no one batted an eyelid no. back then. But people, I was much more relaxed in, in my day and it, people would line up all sorts of positions. You know, they'd be pointing across the track. They'd be, you know, so long as they were roughly in the box, it seemed to be okay. Yeah, it's got much more strict. And, and I think the thing is with Fernando, what will happen now is he will have a word, a driver, he'll, between now and the next race, he will have a word with the FIA and he will say, this needs to be done. And I reckon you'll see a, there'll be a white line down the center of the box so that the driver can line up with that. So he's exactly in position. Something will happen to make it so that doesn't inadvertently, you know, ruin, ruin a guy's race. You know, if, you, if someone is over the line, that's different. But uh, when he, he was told, he was immediately accepted that, you know, because uh, there was no point in saying, are you sure or why don't you check again? You know, I mean, simple. He accepted the, the problem and, and, and he said copy, no? I mean, it was like, yeah, okay, I have to open the gap. And he opened the gap. And that's why he was claiming that had he been told he had to open a 10 second gap, he would have been able to. What about the pit stop then, Pedro? You're the perfect man to talk us through it. There's not much to say, really, no? I mean, it's, uh, things happen in motor racing. We could argue if it's correct, if it's not. It, uh, we, the team didn't get any advantage. What can we say about it, you know? Should it be different? Uh, they changed the regulations this year. You, you couldn't serve a, a five-second penalty under the safety car in the past. You can this year. So there's so many things to, to, to look back. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, as long as the, 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 the rules are applied in the same way to everyone, you have to accept them and move on. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's interesting, isn't it, how the drivers really love this track. I would almost want to say it's a love-hate because, it, you know, they talk about the walls being close and we've seen in the past, make a mistake, you're in the wall. And obviously they don't want to do that, but they love the challenge. You know, that as, much, as mega as some of these permanent racetracks are, there's too much wriggle room, too much room for error. Yeah, I think that definitely is a problem, isn't it, for, for this sport? It's always been the case where people have wondered about how safe you make things and partly racing drivers like the danger they like the jeopardy um i can remember when i went to suzuka i remember thinking god this is going to be a massive accident if i go off here and i was terrified of the place and i did two of my best races there but so it focuses the mind that's for sure and i think maybe that's there's a penalty for making a mistake i think you, you kind of like that as a driver uh, yeah you, i mean that's yeah. uh i think we, I think we all like that, no? You make a mistake, you pay the price. However, or having said that, I mean, I think that the, here in, in Jeddah, there's enough walls and... I mean, it, it, it's enough with the walls. I think that yeah, yeah, the, sure. how many uh, track limits there are here, there are not many. I mean, lap, I mean, turn 22, 23, so I'm fine with that. But you're right, there's something to be looked at and changed in the future at other tracks. 
It's, it's unlikely it could be raining here, isn't it? I suppose that would be awful around here. Interestingly, uh, somebody spoke to me earlier on in the week from the track and they said that they were desperate to get rid of the image that this was just one ginormous crash fest. You know, I think like, how many starts have we had considering we've had three Grand Prix? <laughs> That's not something that they wanted. So they, they did change the curbs and they did try and make, uh, you know, move the, the, the fence back a little bit just to try and make this not known for being, you can be the, the world's fastest street track, but you don't want to just be known for crashes and, you know, and cars snapping into. I agree, and I think everyone was very positive about the changes the track and the FIA had made. But let's go back to the race team. And um, final question about Aston Martin. Your race pace, can you pull your socks up? You are still more than a second a lap slower than Red Bull. Man, he's pushing now. Huh? Yeah, it's right. There is no yeah. such thing as teammates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not really Look, his team I, either. I, you know, it's not. Tom, it's not it's I not. think we should not forget where we're coming from. No, I think that we have to get our feet back on the ground. But what was interesting in this race was the fact that both Red Bulls at one point were fighting and were not hiding or managing tires or anything. You know. Here we go again, DRS open. Oh, that's a pass and a half for Kevin Magnussen to take the final point. Scrumptious from K-Mag, scrumptious. <laughs> We're joined now by uh, Kevin Magnussen. You got the point, what an amazing race by you. You must be thrilled. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I mean, we, um, we didn't really start the season in a super good way. In Bahrain, we were struggling a bit for pace and also tire wear was a big issue and uh, but I mean, Nico showed that the car had potential by qualifying in the top 10 in, in Bahrain. So it was just about unlocking, uh, you know, the feeling and getting the confidence with the car. I didn't really get, you know, a, a good first date with the car, first impression. But um, I feel like I made a step this week. So that's good. Great battle with Yuki Sonoda as well. Yeah, he, he did a good job. I have to say he not only in just defending, but also always positioning the car where I needed the downforce. He was going wide in places he didn't need to, where I was going to find clean air and stuff. He was really doing well. So um, I was like always very close to him into turn 20 last corner. Uh, but he, he was getting super good exits out of the out of the last corner. So I couldn't I couldn't get him into turn one. And if you overtake in, in the last corner, then he has DRS for, for the main straight. So after trying two times, I decided to go for it in the last corner, and then I knew he would come back with the arrest, but managed to get get past you, him. You won't have heard this probably yet, Kevin, but he came on the radio after you went past him, and he and he let out a, a massive scream. He was, oh, it was yeah. about frustration. <laughs> so you can hear that later when you yeah, okay. if you ever I mean, watch the did, race he back. Did a good job, actually. I really I think he did a good job. Uh, in terms of the Haas heading to Albert Park, do you have any idea where you are? Is it still lots up for grabs? It's so tight the whole. You know the midfield, the whole field basically, except for Red Bull. There, it's super, super tight. So, I hope we can still be in in contention. I, I feel like we are stronger in one lap than we are in the race. But today we showed we can still fight in the race. I actually feel like we had better pace than the two Alpines as well. So I know a few guys didn't finish, but still we we look like we're in the hunt. Are you happy with where the car's at? Yeah, I mean you're never happy. Um, but I'm I'm satisfied that we've done a good job with 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 this car. Um, you know, Haas spent two years designing last year's car and, you know, it was only natural that we were going to take a, a big step. The big test was, can we maintain that uh, competitiveness over, over this winter? And it seems like it seems like we have. So I, I really think it's um, 
it's a good job from the team and I, it, it's in a good place now as well with the, with MoneyGram as a title sponsor with you know lots more resources it seems like everything you ask for is being looked at and you know there's there's some traction there less reasons for Gunter to swear no 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 uh, <laughs> more, more reasons I would say the, the day he stops swearing it's a miracle it's the day we all leave Formula 1 <laughs> exactly Kevin brilliant job by you well done safe travels Thanks, see you in Kevin. Melbourne I've got a bus full of people leaving. I've got well, to make a move, mate. Sky don't pay you enough. You're now driving buses. <laughs> well, I'm not driving. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm passenger. Yeah. Before you What's go, that? what do you make of Hulkenberg at Haas? I think that's a strong team yeah, combination. No, K-Mag and Yeah, Hulk. I mean, he's been pretty good considering he's been away. He's, uh, yeah. And he's a very... I, I find him intriguing. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg because he's kind of laconic and kind of laid back and you never quite know where he's coming from he's quite quirky what goes on in his head I don't know well, he's in, I've, known, know. Him, I've yeah. known him since I was 17 years since he was 17 years old uh, he's, he's actually a really good friend of mine but he, there's so many layers to Nico but he is so competitive you know he'd won every series before he got to Formula 1 and the, at the beginning managed by Willy Weber um, who managed Michael Schumacher so he came in with such pedigree and he never realised that necessarily you know he said to sit there watching Checo get podiums and thinking that should have been him I'm delighted he's back in the Formula 1 paddock yep completely agree and really interesting to hear Kevin talk about the second year itch you know, the team spent two years designing last year's car. Can they maintain it? I'm not sure they've got quite the same they spent level two of... two years designing it. Shouldn't it be quicker than that? No, no, last year's car. Oh, last year's car. Okay, and it's yeah. whether they uh, can maintain it this year. I'm not sure they've got quite the pace they had this time last year, but, <laughs> but it's clearly a good car. Okay, well, anyway, listen, we wish them well. We wish them well. All right. Uh, Damon, Go get your bus. travel safe. Go and get your bus. Pedro, just wanted to get your thoughts on... Mercedes. I'm really interested in the weekends that George and Lewis Hamilton have had this weekend. I think George has asserted himself over his teammate. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he seemed to have a bit of an upper hand, especially free practice and uh, all of the sessions and then in qualifying. But then in the race, okay, different strategies, but they were quite, quite evenly matched, I would say. They are two super drivers. I think that Luis didn't do very well at this track last year, so he kind of, I'm not sure if it's a car or it's just the track he doesn't like, but at the end of the day, if there are two very evenly matched drivers out there and a very strong pair, it's uh, Luis and George. How unsettling is it for Luis that his physio, his trainer, Angela Cullen, has, has moved on? First race that he's been without her for seven years. How much do you rely as a racing driver on that person? Normally the physio is, uh, is also a friend, no? You spend so many hours with them, you travel with them, you, you are just, uh, it's more than, a, more than a physio, it's, 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 it's just a, a mate, you know, a teammate or a, a friend. So I don't know, I mean, in case of, uh, of, of uh, Luis, it's uh, something I, I, I don't know because I, was, I haven't seen that relationship or I didn't know what type of rela relationship they had. But at the end of the day, both are happy, no? I mean, from what I understand is that both they are happy to move on. And if uh, Toto said, if uh, you things don't work out, you have to make changes. So, I mean, all I can say is what I read. And uh, it's uh, up to everyone, really. What stood out for me more with Lewis um, was his interviews yesterday when he was just so 
down and despondent and, and sort of confused. And it's not often you hear him saying that just didn't understand the car underneath him. It sort of took me back to the last years at McLaren for him in many ways. You know, that's when he was last sort of seen like that. And yet when he had the car underneath him today, when he came off the hard tire, he got that fight back, you could tell. He was back absolutely loving it. I got slightly, not into trouble by Toto Wolff, but for me as a non-racing driver looking in, what I've found really interesting about Mercedes is that the tone that's come out really since Bahrain is not defeatist, but just, you know, putting out an apology letter and then talking in the press conference the other day that you, that you did, Tom, saying, you know, well, maybe if Lewis doesn't get the car he needs, he might have to leave and go and get a championship elsewhere. You know, this, is, this isn't football. This isn't a football manager getting kicked out after, after one race. I just find it really strange because, and Toto said, no, it's because they have such high standards. That is how they measure themselves. It's not as bad as it was last year, you wouldn't think. Maybe the gap to Red Bull is, but is it really that bad? I, I don't really know. You know, I, I mean, uh, Toto seemed very confident after the race that they are making good uh, steps in the, with the new car or the new concept they are testing or in the wind tunnel. So I really don't know where the, the, the development program sits or what they're trying. I just hope that it's not quick enough, you know, <laughs> that we have more, more races to go to to experience this uh, this uh, performance level of our team. We are also developing our car in the wind tunnel, in the, in the factory, so let's see, you know, uh, let, let's wait and see what, the, what the, the, the future brings. I think that I find it quite interesting how much more competitive or how competitive the Red Bull team is. I think this is not good. This is a, a really, the gap is today appear to be huge at one stage with hard tires when everyone was struggling to make the tyre work and uh, Red Bull were fighting each other, you know, you know with no tyre management whatsoever. It was impressive and also worrying. Where are they finding that pace? Everywhere. I mean, they, I think they have a fantastic car. They're quick on the medium, low speed, high speed corners. They have a very efficient car on the, uh, on the straights. Their DRS is working fantastically well as well for qualifying. So I think that I, I can't see any weak point because they are really good on tyre management as well not only on the soft compounds, but also in the, on the hard compounds. So they, they've done a super job. And uh, the only thing we can uh, you know, tell them is, uh, well done, but make sure that we, we close the gap. Not, not us, everyone has to close the gap. Yeah, Checo said to me yesterday that this car is so much better than last year's. I mean, that must put fear into all the teams up and down this paddock, especially, let's not go back too far, just to Austin, when they were handed out a penalty which a lot of people maybe thought things would balance out or at this stage, certainly. It doesn't mean to say it won't happen later on in the year when other people can develop, but there doesn't seem to be much disadvantage if the drivers say the car's better. They've got, they've got to make hay while the sun shines, don't Absolutely. they? I guess, because I mean, look, you guys at Aston have got, what, 50% more wind tunnel time than them this year. So you would have thought, if this is still the aero formula that we think it is, that you will close the gap as the season progresses. Well, that's what the team is working night and day to close the gap, but we, we will see, you know, I mean, everyone is trying their best. It's, uh, it's true that we have more time, but then halfway through the year, there is a revision to where you're sitting in the constructors and then you are allocated a different uh, number of hours. So we'll see. I mean, the reality is that you don't know what the other people are doing. You only can uh, focus on yourself and try to do the best. And that's what we're doing. Everyone's been telling me this weekend that 
Red Bull are somehow able to run their car lower than the other teams. And Damon said, what was it he said last week, didn't he? That Adrian had told him that he spent more time working on the suspension of this car than he did the aerodynamics. Does that tell you where the lap time is now? No, I mean, that, that tells me nothing, you know? I mean, what, <laughs> what is clear is that... What, what do you mean that tells you? No? I think that's actually quite significant. If he thinks ride height and suspension is more important than aero or not? I mean, Adrian always has said that, uh, especially with a ground effect, effect car, you have to concentrate not only on the aero, but also on the, on the, on the suspension, on the ride height. He, you know, a long time ago. However, when uh, any, tech well, any technical director or, uh, you know, I mean, a, a person of the knowledge of Adrian tells you that you have to focus in the suspension, it's just that you need to focus on the aerodynamics because <laughs> they're obviously trying to divert the attention, you know. I think that the car is very good everywhere. I mean, it's good on mechanical grip, on uh, aero, aero downforce and efficiency. It's just a very good car, full stop. But what can we do? You know, we just have to keep working and developing, uh, making sure that uh, they, don't, they don't disappear in the distance. Are you going to do a hill now and leave us? Yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to do a daemon, but not on a bus. <laughs> I'm going to do it on a DBX 707. <laughs> You're so old message. That's Damon is so low rent. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro, thank you so much for your time. It's great to see you. What's your next race? Next race, uh, I will be Miami. I'm not going to the next two in Australia, Baku, but I'll be I'll be there in in Miami. You know, bring your white suit, all Don Johnson-esque, Miami Vice. Absolutely, I have it prepared already. <laughs> yes, I'll be in roller boots serving cocktails. Christian Horner, thank you very much for your time. Uh, a pretty happy ship here at Red Bull. Yeah, look, I mean, an amazing, uh, you know, weekend of great recovery, obviously, after the difficulties with Max yesterday. So 15th to 2nd and Checo, you know, his uh, his fifth career victory, fourth victory for us. Um, and, and, you know, since probably the best drive of his career, I would say. I think people up and down this paddock are thinking it's uh, ominous signs after what you've done in Bahrain and now here in Saudi. Well, look, I mean, we've built a great car. Um, it's uh, a testimony to the great work that's gone on behind the scenes by the whole, the whole factory. Because, of course, what you see at a Grand Prix weekend is only 10% of, uh, you know, what, uh, what the total um, you know, team is. Um, so for us to come out and achieve what has been the best uh, start to a season I think we've ever had. We've never achieved, um, you know, consecutive uh, one-two finishes at the start of a season. So, uh, of course... We've had our moments, there's a few little reliability things that we just need to make sure we're on top of, but um, a phenomenal performance by, by the whole team. It's Christian, why, why do you think this is his best race for you? What stood out? I think particularly after the safety car. I think, you know, getting on um, uh, the, the restart, he was strong, his pace was strong, and that was, you know, both the guys going for it. You could see at times they were a second, 1.2 quicker than the rest of the field. And, um, you know, it was a great, it was a great performance by them. Uh, that's Checo just saying goodbye there. Bit of high fiving going on. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he can his 18 hour flight home will be a lot happier after today's performance. So uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful job. What about this reliability? I know that there was a concern on the Friday night in Bahrain. It then bit you during qualifying on Max's car here. How concerned are you? Of course, it's always an issue, and you're you know you're pushing the boundaries at you know at all times but uh 
you know, it was a, an annoying issue yesterday. You know, in many respects, it was lucky it did happen yesterday because another three laps and it would have been the first lap of the Grand Prix, you know, here. So, uh, you know, the most important thing is obviously to understand the issue and then and then address it. Just before we um, let you go, Christian, let's flip it on to Australia. With all the success that Red Bull has had at various tracks around the world, it's incredible to think you've just won at Albert Park once. Yeah, it's it's uh, usually an early race in the season, so it's um, yeah, it's not been a happy hunting ground for us. But but you know, it, it, it you know what, it's one of the best trophies on the calendar. You know, it's that silver steering wheel, which oh, is uh, the, yeah, it is, you know, it? is fantastic. So if we could have a great race there, mind you, it's quite a big trophy, and you've got quite your your trophy cabinet is bursting at the seams. There's always room for another. <laughs> of course, there is. Christian, well done, very brilliant, good. great job, great much. job. Thank, Thank you so you. much. The despair of a race long work coming undone for Yuki Tsunoda. 11th in round one. Looks like he's going to be 11th in round two. Okay, we have literally just rugby tackled uh, Yuki Tsunoda, who is desperately trying to, to leave Saudi Arabia, and we've asked him to stop. So we won. <laughs> we shouted. Uh, we, did, we did shout at you, and I'm sorry for shouting at you. Um, Great battle with Kevin Magnussen. Just got you at the end, though. Yeah, I mean, at that moment, it's just really, I don't know how, I cannot describe with the words. I was just frustrating at the same time. Uh, really disappointment, you know, just really losing, losing the points. We just la last four laps. I was fighting like more than 10 laps. So, yeah, just really, really crazy moment. But... In the end, we just team did a good job, and we maximized definitely the performance. So, yeah, we have to definitely self satisfied with the performance. Yeah, Yuki, you showed great racecraft. Yeah. It was a brilliant battle, Thanks. wasn't it? Thank you. Yeah, really, it was really good, good job. Yeah, yeah. Now, Michael, can you come in? Because I think this guy has never been—he's never looked fitter. <laughs> he is fit. He is fit. I mean, I'm, I'm backing myself up here. Fitter than him. On the bike, he's fitter than me. I'll, I'll give him that. Everything. Okay. Now, because you, of course, used to be. Daniel Ricardo's yep. physio trainer. Mm -hmm. I want to do some comparisons here. Where yeah. does Yuki stack up compared to Daniel? Okay, well, oh, I'm going to get oh, shot yeah. in the foot here. But this, before I before I comment, just to realise, like Daniel's 33, so when you get older, you need to train smarter, not harder. When you're 22, you get a pretty high threshold, and you bounce back pretty <laughs> damn quick. So Yuki, Good point exactly. Well, yeah. So from a training load, where I've been smashing Yuki, but he bounces back and he's. He's very hard to keep up with. He's rem he reminded me what it's like to be a 22-year-old. That's why he was sprinting out of the paddock before we actually stopped him. <laughs> Can I just ask you, it's so, so tight in the midfield just now. Do you actually know where AlphaTauri are just now? Because it's difficult to work it out. Well, to be honest, uh, we're not in like, for example, P7, P6 uh, in team, team constructors currently. Um, if we see in the... Qualifying especially, uh, consistency is a little bit poor. To be honest, it's like maybe P9, P10 or P8 around there. Depends on the track. Yeah. But I would say we still have 20 couple of more races. Um, we're planning good amount of development through the year that we couldn't even achieve last year, those places. So hopefully we can achieve those places uh, good. Each is important is to develop the car, each updates, good step every time so we have in the end, a good car. So yeah, you just have to extract the performance just for now, you know, and just waiting for the opportunity to score points and um, myself just keep uh, working hard for myself. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, just have to wait an opportunity. If the opportunity comes, just, of course, flat out and um, score mode. points, yeah. You'll do that, won't you? You could get some points because it's been P11 at two races now. I know, now. it's so close. <laughs> don't want to remind so, you, but yeah. roll on Melbourne. Another opportunity there. Melbourne is a home track for my, Michael. That's right. So Local hero. Good vibes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> good vibes coming from Michael. I guess okay. I can have uh, good tips from him for uh, track. So, uh, no, he'll be telling you all the good places to go in Melbourne. Coffee. I'll give him some Aussie slang to just to really warm up the hearts <laughs> of the Aussie fans. I reckon I'll start now. Well, I'm just going to give him a Sharon a football. It's like an Aussie rules football. I'll just give him to what a Sharon. Uh, yeah, it's a Sharon football. So I'm going to give him one of those, teach him how to kick it. And I reckon if we get him kicking it to the fans, I reckon he'll, uh, he'll win the hearts <laughs> over very quickly. Someone gets their head knocked off. It's your fault. <laughs> uh, what are you heading goal. to now? You're sprinting off. Where are you going to? Which country in the world? Well, first of all, just sleep for now. And uh, tomorrow, UK. Okay. Um, right. Prepare for a simulator, uh, Australia already. So, okay. Thank you Hello. so much for stopping. Fantastic. Bye, guys. See you in Melbourne. Travel safe. <laughs> I th Lee, I think Yuki has grown as a driver this year. Do, do you? I think he's actually um, had to almost take it. You know, you could see how devastated, and I don't think that's too strong a word, he was when Pierre Gasly, who he's learned everything from, and, and the relationship that he and Pierre had was really lovely to see. It was like big brother, little brother. And I think he was a little bit bereft when he found out that Pierre was leaving last year. Um, he has... Yeah, it's a big role to take on because at the same time, there is a pressure. He knows how good his teammate is who's coming in this year. And he won't be, you know, Nick DeFries is not going to be quite so welcoming. He made it clear from the start. He is here to get points, to show what he can do. It's probably, he's probably the teammate that, you know, DC was talking about. You know, he, he doesn't necessarily want a best friend in Yuki Tsunoda. He wants to beat Yuki Tsunoda. So Yuki has had to step things up. I think he's very resilient as well. I think I love Franz Toss, the team principal, but I think it is the school of hard oh, knocks. It's tough love, isn't it? Oh, if there's any love. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any love. He walked past when we were speaking to Yuki and he looked furious. <laughs> you, you, you know, he had a real pop at his own engineers earlier on this week. Uh, Franz is, uh, you know, I really like him because he is so different, but my goodness, he is old school. He doesn't put a sort of warm arm around the engineer's uh, shoulder. He's basically said that they told him they were going to make a magnificent car and they haven't. Yeah. Well, Yuki's Race told two. us that there are going to be some developments coming good. and let's hope they have a good run at it because obviously no points yet. They're currently ninth in the world championship, but a team we have yet to talk about. Yeah. Ferrari. We've walked down to Ferrari. It's uh, pretty quiet inside at the moment. Uh, the pack-up is, is well and truly underway. Um, frustrating day for them. I just feel that they've not got into this season so far <laughs> at all. I mean, they, they did pit and then the safety car came out, you know, maybe a lap or something afterwards. But even then, they didn't make any headway. I mean, Charles started the race on the soft tyre. Didn't, that didn't really seem to, to really work for him. I think he got up to seventh, but... Yeah, it's, it's just a bit of a head scratch. Mm. The whole business. <laughs> I mean, Frederick Vasseur actually did say after the race that, you know, don't feel sorry for us. You know, it doesn't matter about safety cars. We need to put ourselves in the best position. We, we will be there. Uh, you know, he has uh, he's got fire in his belly, that's for sure, because he doesn't want this just to be a hangover from last year. He's a, a new guy in charge and he wants to instill energy. But no matter what they're trying to do over the last two races, it hasn't worked. 
Yeah, and, and Charles Leclerc said as much after qualifying that sensational quali lap to P2, where he was, what, just a couple of tenths behind Sergio Perez in a Red Bull? Absolutely, but you can... I, mean, I don't never... T- Team Radio is a great window into the insight as to what's going on in the cockpit. But even in the race today, you heard the frustration when he had left a bit of a gap, not knowing that Lewis Hamilton was going to come out in front of him. And then he went on to team radio and was like, Xavi, you need to tell me this. You know, should he have just kept the gap, you know, tighter? Possibly. But the frustration is already there in his voice on team radio being played out to the world. That's a really good point. It had echoes of last year, didn't it? We've sort of seen all that. And Ferrari, of course, having those reliability issues that made Leclerc drop those 10 places from P2 to P12. It's frustrating times. And and you look at the gap between them and, well, them and Red Bull, obviously, but it's actually them and Mercedes and Aston Martin as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the Aston Martin thing, I I find just intriguing. Fernando didn't know if it was like a, a Bahrain spectacular. Then he comes here and it's still a punchy car. He'll go to Albert Park. We don't know about the Aston Martin there, but we do know (laughs) Fernando Alonso has had some huge moments in his career, uh, both on the track and and in the air and in the gravel trap. So I think, you know, he will walk into Albert Park and he will have the crowd behind him. He'll have swagger. You could hear the crowd here when he was getting interviewed about to go on the podium. He got the best reception out of any driver here this weekend. It is absolutely incredible. He has such, he's got his mojo back. And that will feed into Aston. And they, as, as you quite rightly said to Pedro, can keep developing. They have so much more wind tunnel time. I'm fascinated to see how this goes or how long it goes towards the end of the year. And you also sense that this is the best version of Fernando Alonso that we've seen for a while, right? The, the really good guys, when they get a good car, rise to the occasion since 2013 possibly you I mean, reckon I'm, as long ago well that was when he got his last win in spain wasn't it so yeah he, he won in spain in 2013 i think off the top of my head it's when you start a stat and you wish you hadn't i think he started from fifth and then went on to win the race um but you know at that time then you know i again i spoke to him the muscle memory kicks in he now remembers these moments the feelings the joy the excitement the wheel-to-wheel racing not wheel-to-wheel racing for 17th and 18th wheel-to-wheel racing right at the very front, mixing it up with the best drivers in the world. He is one of the best drivers in the world. We've just not seen it because he's not had the car for the last few years. And when him and Checo were lining up on the front of the grid today, Checo is a brilliant racing driver, but there was something about (laughs) Fernando Alonso that made me think, yeah, he'll be leading by turn one. Well, you would say that in previous... Am I being unfair? No, in his previous career, even when he was dragging a Ferrari round that wasn't fit for his purpose at that time. He was really outperforming the Ferrari that he had underneath him. He could start from seventh and he'd be up to third by turn two at many, many racetracks. You know, he's always been a fantastic starter of a Grand Prix. So from that point of view, I think you'd always put your money on Fernando. Okay. Can we just drag this man into our conversation? Pierre, fantastic to see you in the points. How does it feel? Good weekend? Got a smile on your face? Yeah, I'm going home now. <laughs> <laughs> we, the, the smile's uh, gone since we stopped him, to be fair. No, I mean, I think it was a, it was a decent weekend. Um, I mean, looking at the entire weekend, we finished in the top 10 all sessions from P1 until until today. So another another points finishing and uh, 
yeah, definitely some some good stuff to to build on. Felt like I wish we could have been slightly closer to the Ferraris today and maybe a bit more in the fight for for bigger points. But unfortunately, that's uh, that's what we 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 had. And uh, yeah, on my side is still figuring out how to uh, to really maximize that car. I felt P3 really good in the car, the best I felt since we started. And qualifying uh, didn't feel as good, and, and today struggled a bit more than than earlier in the weekend. So yeah, still still learning about that car, about that team. And uh, but well, to be fair, I don't think there was much more on the table. It would have been eights, nines, nines or eights. That's uh, pretty much where we are at the moment. Yeah. Hey, I try and put the fans into the cockpit just to explain how different this year or this Alpine is to the car that you've been driving the last couple of years. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, these cars look the same from outside, but it's just, even as a driver, it's quite <clears throat> like surprising how different it can feel from the inside. Like just the steering assistance, the, the ratio, the, how fast the car is turning into the corner how much you can carry the brake into the corners, the way that's how smooth you got to be with one car or the other. It's, it very varies depending on the, on the, well, the, the car that you have available. And uh, it's not like I really need to change, but it's more like how do you suit my driving to the car? I'm driving how much needs to be coming from me and adapting and what the guys can give me. So that's a little bit what we're figuring out at the moment. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with the sort of base that we have uh, after after two weekends here. Yeah. Uh, Pierre, we're definitely going to let you go. All right, I'll see you guys. Thank in you so Thanks much. For time. Thanks for your Travel time. Travel safe. Bye. Thanks, Pierre. So the top 10 looked like this. Sergio Perez got win number five of his career and his first here in Jeddah. And he was followed home by his teammate Max Verstappen, who'd climbed through from P15 on the grid. And Fernando Alonso was reinstated to third place long after the end of the race, with George Russell fourth in the lead Mercedes, followed by Lewis Hamilton in fifth. Then came Carlos Sainz in the lead Ferrari in sixth, followed by Charles Leclerc, who climbed through from P12 on the grid. In eighth was the lead Alpine driver Esteban Ocon, followed by Pierre Gasly in the other blue and pink car, with Kevin Magnussen rounding out the top ten in tenth. The Drivers' Championship looks like this. Max Verstappen is in the lead on 44 points, just one point ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez. Fernando Alonso is third on 30 points, with Carlos Sainz fourth on 20. Lewis Hamilton is then fifth, George Russell sixth, and Lance Stroll seventh with eight points. In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull already have a commanding lead. They have 87 points with Aston Martin next on 38 points. Uh, Mercedes are tied with Aston Martin on 38. With Ferrari in fourth on 26, Alpine in fifth on eight, Alfa Romeo sixth on four points, and Haas in seventh with one point, Williams in eighth with one point, Alfa Tauri have yet to score in ninth, and McLaren are last of all in tenth. Well, Tom, I think we are just about the only people left in this paddock, which means that they're probably all thinking they've turned their attentions to Australia. Maybe we should do the same. Uh, after years of Aussie grit, Mark Webber, and then Daniel Ricciardo, there is a new kid in town in Oscar Piastri. Um, but it's been an interesting first couple of races for him. A great performance in qualifying here yesterday. Now, what's going on at McLaren? Well, it's slow in a straight line, isn't it? But actually, John, really good point. He was mega in qualifying, wasn't he? He qualified ninth, started eighth, started alongside Lewis Hamilton in his second Grand Prix, kept his nose clean, almost, 
then at the exit of turn two, but I think that was just a racing incident. I've been really impressed by him. But yes, as you say, McLaren are struggling. Um, we're being told that there are lots of developments coming for Baku, but they're currently 10th. It's, it's just, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to see a team like McLaren struggling like that. Especially, you don't have to go back too far when uh, Lando, you'd expect him to, to be in the mix, you know, not the top three necessarily. Of course, there was Sochi and a couple of other, but you know, um, they were winning sprint races in Monza you know, just a couple of years ago. And it just seems to, I don't really, I haven't spoken to anyone from there. I don't know what they're saying. You mentioned, I know there's a load of updates coming for Baku, but Baku. Yeah, I think one thing that we should celebrate, and I'd just like to preface this by saying, I am a massive Daniel Ricciardo fan, brilliant racing driver, but last year he struggled. And whenever Lando had a bad day last year, the team had a bad day. This year, Lando had a bad day in qualifying and Oscar picked up the baton and ran with it. And so that is a new, that's an experience that they haven't had for a couple of years. So that is a positive, but they do need to make some serious strides with that car. Maybe Melbourne will suit them a little bit better. It's a different track once again um, in terms of setup requirements to either of the first two. So let's hope it comes their way there. God, they were dominant back in the day, weren't they? Back in Melbourne. Do you remember like 98, 99? They won by tens of seconds. But anyway, uh, let's hope. And Oscar is going to get a huge welcome there. He'll get a wonderful reception. Yeah. He's a massive cricket fan, by the way. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Mm. I know he's he, went to, a... he went to Haleybury School, didn't he, in, in the UK for since he was 14 years old. They've got yeah. a very good cricket pedigree. But, you know, I think as well... Um, a lot of Australians, because he came over to the UK so early, unless they've been following F3 and F2, might be like, who on earth is this kid? Yeah. Which I think is, is a really nice uh, sort of added bit of excitement for, for the fans over there, but also for Oscar as well, just yeah. to sort of explain who he is, why he's so good and why he deserves his place in F1, which he undoubtedly does. All right. Well, it's been a fabulous weekend here <laughs> in Saudi Arabia thank you welcome to the team well, once again well thank you I, I love being on the pod is what I was going to and, say uh, it's been a, it's a pleasure to have proper teammates for once <laughs> <laughs> now let's check in with our F1 fantasy team F1 Nation Racing our two constructors for this race were Red Bull and Aston Martin and our drivers were Verstappen and Alonso then Leclerc Albon and Hulkenberg Full points from Red Bull today, so great job by then. And Aston was still the second fastest car. As for our drivers, poor Alex Albon didn't make it to the end with his brake issues. And Nico Hülkenberg was quick once again, but failed to score. How did you get on? We'll check up on our league next Monday. If you'd like to play F1 Fantasy, it's totally free. Just search online for F1 Fantasy to sign up. Then choose your constructors and drivers using a $100 million budget. And you can join our league at any time. To compete against us and other listeners, search for the F1 Nation World Championship. I know some of you have had problems finding it, but please keep looking. It's definitely there. Well, it's been quite a weekend here in Saudi Arabia. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. We'll, of course, be back next Monday with a preview of the Australian Grand Prix. But for now, thanks for listening. F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.